Welcome to... Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Cracked Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. As many of you Cracked Rackets fans know, our team just had the incredible opportunity to be down in Nicholasville, Kentucky at the beautiful Top Seed Tennis Club to take in this past weekend's Young King Scholarship Tennis event. And of course, that event featured eight of the top WTA singles players in the world. People like Shelby Rogers, Jessica Pagula, CeCe Bellis, Layla Fernandez, Jeannie Bouchard, and more. And it was such an incredible opportunity. And for us, of course, that meant we got to be on the grounds to chat with some of the players uh, there and talk to them. How are they feeling about tennis returning to sanctioned play in 2020? How have they been handling their quarantine? How have they balanced training and staying in shape with, you know, not overtraining, preventing themselves from burning out at any point during these four months of layoff from professional action? And it was an incredible opportunity. Of course, we also got to see some outstanding tennis. Uh, We got the chance to be on the play-by-play call, or at least I did in conjunction with our work with the Tennis One app that past weekend. Uh, It was such a blast. And of course, while we were there, uh, you start to hear things, right? You talk to enough players, you talk to enough tournament personnel. There are rumors that start to emerge and you know uh, our cracked records team was actually privy to hear a story that we learned this past weekend from the top seed staff and that of course is the announcement that the top seed team able to take the event space that date that opened up in the calendar following the city opens decision not to play the women's event in dc this year that opened up a spot in the calendar august 10th to august 16th and our friends at top seed are thrilled to announce that they'll be filling the void that they are going to be able to put on their first WTA international level event uh, at the Top Seed Tennis Club in Kentucky. Again, that event is going to take place August 10th to August 16th. And joining us on the podcast today to break down that event, to discuss all of the planning, all of the various efforts that go into putting on an event in the midst of a global crisis, a global pandemic, excuse me, uh, John Sanders joins us. And again, John, head of the Top Seed Tennis Club team, was tournament director of the 100KR team traveled to and covered in February, was also the tournament director for this past weekend's eight-person exhibition as well. He joins us to talk again about all of the logistical challenges facing uh, this Kentucky, uh, this top seed open, all of the logistical challenges uh, that go into planning an event right now and how he managed to secure the date and what the field's going to look like, what the size of the draw, and again, what safety and health procedures are in place to ensure the health, not just of the players that want to participate in this event, but of course, the staff, the volunteers, anyone involved in the tournament, how do we ensure that we bring back professional tennis and do it in a safe manner, in a manner that is respecting, again, the health of each and every person who contributes to the event. And I have to say, again, I'm recording this intro after I had the conversation. It is so clear to me that there is going to be contingency plans for each and every possible scenario. And having been there this past weekend, I take a lot of comfort in knowing how seriously John and the staff uh, at Top Seed take this sort of preventative measures that they want to put in place. You know, this past weekend, I will say this, on Friday we got to the site and the thermometer, uh, you know, she there was a thermometer, they were taking all of our temperatures before allowing us in. Westoff and I very quickly 98.6 and she's like you're perfect and I said I know I'm perfect come on you don't have to tell me and she giggled and of course hopefully all of you listeners giggled there as well but of course the man who always comes in hot whenever he's doing anything Dalton Thieneman, uh he was not at 98.6 and they said hey like 
we're not letting you in. Like, there's something that might be wrong with the thermometer. We can take your temperature again, but we can't let you in if you have a 100-plus degree temperature. And thankfully, they took it again right away, and again, it was 100 degrees outside, so maybe the thermometer screwed up a little bit the first time. The second time, he was immediately 98.6. The reason I share that story is, you know, they were not letting Dalton in until it was 100% clear that he was feeling all right, that his temperature looked good. And so I know John and the team are going to take this event seriously. And, of course, we talk about all of those things. We also, again, I, I had to pick his brain a little bit about the Young Kings Scholarship Tennis event because, you know, he was also in person. And so, you know, there were a lot of takeaways. The level of play for these players uh, over July 4th weekend was uh, surprisingly incredible. You know, of course, it's always a top level when you have players hovering around the top 100, but to see how fit all of these players are, to see how they how ready they all are despite a four-month layoff to return to competition, I thought it was worth picking his brains about. So, of course, that conversation coming up in a second. Of course, the reason we are able to have these conversations like we do here at the Great Shot Podcast is because of the support we get from our friends at DraftKings. And as we repeatedly mentioned on our Crack Rackets podcast, Tennis is maybe the only sport that sees action 24-7, 365 days a year. From the Futures Circuit, the ITF, to the Grand Slams, tournaments are constantly taking place across the globe, and fans of the game are routinely treated to spectacular play. We do our best here at Cracked Rackets to break down all the results, analyze the game's emerging trends, and offer accurate predictions of what we think will happen next. That being said, as fun as it is to watch the sport and break down each match, we're all still tennis players at heart. And as such, we all want a piece of the action. That's why we at Cracked Rackets are thrilled to announce our new partnership with DraftKings. We know listeners of this podcast are the most informed tennis fans in the business. But what's the point of all that knowledge if you can't take advantage of it? That's why we think it's time for you to bet on tennis. And thanks to our partnership with DraftKings, you can get started right away. Here's how it works. A. Create your DraftKings Sportsbook account and make a deposit. From there, DraftKings is going to match your first deposit at 20% up to $500. Make your first bet, and DraftKings will also match that with a risk-free first bet of up to $500. And folks, even though the ATP and WTA aren't quite back, there is still plenty of XO action that you can get in on by going to dkng.co slash cracking rackets. That's dkng.co slash cracking rackets. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. You must be 21 years or older to participate and be in a participating state as well. But just a reminder, to get in on all of the action, go to dkng.co slash cracking rackets. And by the way, unless you want, unless you want us to chirp right back at you, Please don't be that fan that yells on social media when your player loses. Uh, it's the equivalent of unnecessarily hooking. No one's going to like you when you do it. You're going to be shamed from the tennis Twitter community. So don't be that guy. But do get in on all of the action by going to dkng.co slash cracking rackets. Also got to give a huge shout out quickly to our friends at Aerobar. Go check out our mini break episode getting to the point. This week we brought on UNC men's tennis assistant head coach Trep Phillips. It's an outstanding episode. All of you will enjoy it. And a huge shout out to Aerobar for providing the fuel for our Cracked Rackets team throughout our road trip. Go to aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACK15. Get yourself the only tennis-specific energy bar option out there. Get yourself started the right—get uh, yourself a nutritious way to start your day. Excuse me. 
go to aerobar.com use that promo code cracked 15 and again if you missed any of our content from the past 10 days on the road in miami at the altics tieslinger tennis exhibition in uh, nicholasville for the young king scholarship tennis event you can find all of those interviews 14 of the 16 players on our youtube channel you can be on the lookout for them on the cracked interviews podcast as well just go hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss anything we're doing moving forward but one thing none of or all of us do miss i should say a live professional tennis and of course that is why we can all be excited about the WTA choosing to hold an event August 10th through August 16th at the Top Seed Tennis Club in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Joining me to talk about just that event, our guest today, Top Seed Tennis Club's John Sanders. That conversation coming up right now. Joining us on the podcast today were our hosts at this past weekend, Young Kings Scholarship Tennis Event. They are also too proud to announce a brand new WTA International Tennis Event at the Top Seed Tennis Club in Nicholasville, Kentucky. John Sanders, Haley Wilson, welcome to the show. It's been far too long since we've had you on the show. In fact, I don't think we ever had it, so this is an absolute pleasure for me, and congratulations to you both on this event. Thanks, Alex. We're pumped to be here. We're excited about the event, and Glad to, to actually talk to you on your podcast for the first time. Yeah, and Haley, don't think I'm going to let you duck this conversation. I'm going to be coming at you with all sorts of questions. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> uh, well, it's great to get to talk to you both. Um, and again, we are our Cracked Records team had such a pleasure at this past weekend's event. But let's start with the news. For you guys to bring a WTA international event to the Top Seed Club, John, what does that mean for, you know, your group there? Oh, it means everything. Um, we are beyond excited and thrilled um, to be partnering with the WTA, with Octagon, um, and to bring an event of this caliber to the state of Kentucky is what it's all about. Um, our goal as a club is to grow the game. Our, our goal is to, to bring fantastic tennis here so that hopefully we can grow the game of tennis in the state of Kentucky, in the United States, and worldwide. Um, that's really why this club was built. We are here to to do everything we can to reach out to the local communities, to reach out to the state, and to grow the game of tennis. And when you can bring top 10, top 20 female athletes to Kentucky, to Nicholasville, Kentucky, of all places, right? Um, it's something that's beyond exciting for us, beyond exciting for the state of Kentucky and for tennis in general. Yeah, and having gotten the chance to go to Top Seed a couple of times, it is more than clear your facilities are ready for this caliber of event. And, you know, for our fans who don't know, our Crack Rackets team was there for the 100K WTA event in February. Obviously, this past weekend, the success we had with eight of the top players, I'm saying we, the success you guys had, eight of the top players in the WTA singles game coming by for this sort of event. And so I guess, you know, it's clear, you know, you guys are invested in bringing pro tennis back to Kentucky. Can you sort of explain the circumstances for which you were able to get this WTA international because I feel like that must be just quite the process uh, yeah it, it's been a very quick process um, one where the WTA and Octagon approached us um, about would we be interested and we started having the conversations and we started talking about years and when and what dates and calendars and all of a sudden the, the conversation went to August of 2020 and we continued to talk about it. It was very in-depth. It's been long conversations, long days, long nights. And as it will continue to be with an event that we're hosting of this caliber in less than six weeks, 
we are we're pumped about it. It's been a very very good in depth, um, like I said, in depth conversation. A lot of it circulating around making sure that the athletes are safe, making sure that we create a bubble both here and at our host hotel um, to keep the athletes safe, to keep the staff safe, to keep the community safe, and to run a world-class event. Yeah, and again, I want to get to those logistical challenges that you all face because you know we, I'm sure you faced some of those same ones this past weekend, and obviously we were fortunate enough to have that go without any problems, and so... But, you know, be, before we get to that, uh, I think obviously tennis fans will know the City Open, uh, usually a men's and women's event, no women's event in D.C. this year. You know, how much of this event coming together as quickly as it does is a product of that spot opening up on the calendar? Um, I, I like to see – I like to think of it more as the opportunity to bring tennis to Kentucky. Um, okay. The fact that that week was open is, is something that benefited us, that benefited Kentucky – um, and provided an opportunity to showcase the world's top female talent in, in an atmosphere that has not seen it before. So it definitely is something that we are pumped about. We're definitely excited for the opportunity. Um, and the fact that this week kind of fell into our lap is something that we're very excited about. This is a bit of a tangent. Does Shelby Rogers get a wild card since she went 3-0 this past weekend? I have not made any decisions on wild cards <laughs> at all at this point. It's, you, you sound like a bunch of agents that I've been getting phone calls from already. So if you, yeah. if you have your agent license and you want to start repping people, you let me know. I have always said I am not too shameful to accept a bribe on a player's behalf. So, yes, I will I will let you know as soon as that starts happening, John. But, no, that gets to, you know, the logistics of the field. And, again, way too early for me to ask you for a preliminary field, and we've had the chance to chat about it before. I don't think it's an assumption anyone would find outlandish to assume it's going to be a lot of North American-centric players. But in terms of getting to the logistics of pulling off a WTA event of this caliber, because, again, if you don't mind me saying, uh, this weekend I thought went flawless without a hitch everyone was following the social distancing guidelines you were getting the temperature checked when you walked in on the first day and you know they weren't letting you in and so when it's an eight person exhibition event you know again your team knocked it out of the park but I imagine it gets significantly more challenging as you expand the field uh, you know how much of the added planning you, that are going into the event right now is about making sure logistically safety health procedures are in place for the weekend Oh, 100%. I mean, that is that is probably 98% of what I've been doing uh, because that is our priority first and foremost is the health and safety of these players, of my staff, of the community as a whole. Um, that has been a huge, huge part of this. And so we've taken directives from what we did um, last weekend, from what they did in Charleston. Bob did a fantastic job at that event. Um, and we're putting those into place as well as what we're seeing from the WTA um, for York, for Cincinnati, as well as the Open. And we're taking that model, right? So the hotel we are using, we have the entire hotel. Nobody else will be staying there, minus credentialed individuals for this particular tournament, in order to create that bubble. Those players will be transported directly from that hotel to us on site. And then they will go back and forth with, again, no one else will be on site minus credentialed individuals. So there will be no fans in the stands for this event. Um, we will do everything the same with the safety procedures. The players will be tested before arrival, on arrival. Staff will be tested before arrival, on arrival, during the tournament, um, during, multiple times during the tournament. On site, there will be screening tests for everyone, as you saw in our EXO last weekend. 
um, to where we are taking every necessary precaution. Uh, we're partnering with a great lab here in town um, called LabTox that is going to run our screening procedures, have results in under 24 hours. We have isolation rooms, should anything go poorly. I mean, it's, it's all just, that is our top, top priority and has been on almost every phone call I've had that has been the very first thing that is brought up. Yeah, and I think that's a message fans will really appreciate hearing. And, you know, to, it'll be a candid question, but realistically, when there's no fans at an event, the event's going to take a financial hit. There's just no denying that. But is it just from a place where it's either no fans or no tennis? Is it that simple? It, I think that that's pretty much at this point because of this virus mm -hmm. and because of its effect on the world. I think that we need to accept that from a tournament standpoint. We need to accept that from a tennis community standpoint, that if we want to see live tennis at this point, it needs to be without fans. And while I realize that that's difficult, and I realize not everyone will agree with that sentiment, it's the safety and the health of the players that is going to be paramount. And the best way to protect all of those individuals is to create a bubble without people from the outside coming in. Um, again, I know there are varying opinions on this. I know people will disagree with me. I know people will be upset with me when I say that. But the safest way to do it is to make a bubble and to secure that bubble as much as possible and to make sure that there are no outside influences in that bubble. Yeah, no, I, I think that nails it. And you talk about the players bothering you to gain entry, obviously, given the lack of sanctioned playing opportunities in an event like this on the calendar. Uh, you imagine there's going to be a lot of intrigue in playing the event and in your preliminary conversations with players. Are, is that the thing they're most concerned with as well? It's you're, not, you're concerned you're not going to get the players to buy in if the safety measures aren't up to par? I believe so, because I think that for yeah. them, they want to play tennis, right? But mm -hmm. the health and safety of, of, the, of, of their self is their top priority as well, as it should be. And they want to make sure that I, as the tournament director, and we as a tournament site, and the WTA as a tour, are putting these procedures and protocols in place to protect them. And I can tell you that I am beyond impressed with the WTA, um, with Octagon, with everybody involved in this event, to the extent that they have gone to put in not just the protocols and procedures, but backups and backups on backups and contingency plans for X, Y, and Z if this were to happen. Because I will tell you that the health and safety of the, the individuals on their tour is their top priority. And they have made that perfectly clear to me when these discussions even began, is that no matter what I as a tournament director want to do, the health and the safety of the individuals on this tour and in this event will be paramount. Yeah, and again, that is exactly what fans want to hear because, of course, we all want professional tennis to return. The question is, can it return safely? And, you know, again, I, I'm curious your perspective on this, John. Yours 241, and for you listeners, I call Haley, Haley Wilson, HW41, our 41st president. Unfortunately, it just stuck. Um, but, you know, in terms of uh, being, you know, interacting with the players like we had the chance to do this weekend, I feel like they are very accommodating, at least the women we had at the Young King Scholarship event. They were all so kind and thoughtful, and, you know, it's, it's not, hey, will you put on your mask? It's the mask is already on. From my perspective, I think the players have gone above and beyond to meet those guidelines to, as you mentioned, be able to play. Would you both say that's a fair assessment as well? I would say so. Um, Haley actually just stepped out, Alex. I think she got tired of you calling her a president, so she left. <laughs> uh, but on my end, I will tell you that the, the interaction that I have had with the women on this tour is fantastic. I mean, these young women realize what they need to do to secure 
their their positions, their employment. They're taking steps to protect their bodies. They are being responsible because at the end of the day, it's up to them. And just as much as it is up to a tournament, whether or not they are going to act responsibly and protect each other um, or if they're not. And if they don't, you'll see the ramifications as have happened perhaps in other events. Uh, but again, from the interaction I have had with the young women that, that we have had here, they have they've taken the safety precautions to heart and are practicing it daily, hourly, and by every minute when I see them. Yeah, I, I think case in point would be when we were taking the group photo, right? And I think six of them were like, hey, get your masks on. Like, we're not doing this unless we all have masks on. And it was just immediate. And so I agree to see that. It's it's so it, it, it leaves such a good impression that, okay, these players want to do it. These tournaments are doing everything they can to input these safety and health regulations. If that's the case, there is a pathway for tennis to return now. Of course, given the uncertainty surrounding this virus, even if everything is contained and every safety precaution is followed, there's still that chance you get a random positive test. And again, this is very much, I'm sure, going to be an in-the-moment decision that every tournament faces. But are you, I mean, I'm sure you guys are, are there procedures already in place for with, let's say, player X tests positive during the event, where is the event stopped or would the event go on? There are procedures and protocols that are in place for almost every contingency. Um, what you'll see from the WTA as well as from Top Seed and from the hotel and from our medical staff, uh, from the WTA's medical staff, is that there are procedures depending upon if and when and where and all of those things would come into play. It's not, and I appreciate your question, but it isn't just as simple as, hey, if there's a positive test, what do you do, right? It's a timing, it's a when does this happen, how does it happen, who is it affected, who do they have interaction with, the contact tracing. But the biggest thing that you're going to see is all of these procedures and protocols have been put in with backups, with contingencies, and with the idea that the player's safety is paramount and we are going to try to reduce the footprint of any exterior contact with the players, with the staff um, at all um, during this particular event with creating the bubble both here at the facility and at the hotel. Yeah, no, and again, top seed facilities, I feel, are perfect for that, right? You'll leave the training room, the indoor courts, that'll just be all players? Yes. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, again, that's why I do think Top Seed an excellent place for this sort of event. I also feel like the fact that it's called the Top Seed Tennis Club, the fact that you can just immediately call this event the Top Seed Open, that's got to feel nice. <laughs> well, like I said, it's been it's been a long, ongoing discussion. But if you want to throw in, you know, hundred million dollars, I'll call it. After, I'll name it after you if you'd like. <laughs> the Alex Gruskin Open. It has a good ring to it, but that's an event. Yeah, that's, it's an event that's got to happen in Ann Arbor, though, if we're just being honest with ourselves. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not ready. Now, if we want to call this the Thenamin anything, I feel like there are enough Thenamins in Kentucky that we could, you know, yeah. We, no, we don't need that name anymore, anywhere else in the state. It's good. Yeah, exactly. The branding there already done. And again, for you guys, because given the financial challenges that come with having to assemble all of these tests, having to put in all these extra procedures, renting out the entirety of the hotel, um, how helpful has it been to you? You know, what have your conversations looked like with sponsors? Yeah, we're, we're still in ongoing conversations. It's been great, though. Um, the fact that we are bringing this level of tournament to Kentucky, the local community is showing a ton of support, uh, which is great. The national community, some national brands are jumping on board, which is good as well. Um, we've taken a lot of, a lot of help from the folks up in Cincinnati at the Western and Southern. 
Um, and it's just been it's been fantastic the fact that I, as a tournament director, get to interact with and talk with all of the different individuals um, who've done this, who have done this on this level before, and that the tennis community as a whole is embracing embracing what we're trying to do, right? Um, it's, it's beyond my wildest dreams that everyone is so supportive of what we're trying to do and so supportive of the way that we're trying to do it. You, you don't realize the power that the tennis community has until you start hearing from them and they're reaching out and they're offering assistance, they're offering guidance and help and what has worked and what hasn't worked and who knows who and who can contact who for you. I mean, it's it's just been, it's been fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Almost overwhelming, but fantastic to the point where I'm I'm thrilled to be able to, to call some of these individuals my friends. Yeah, that is awesome. Hopefully, you throw me into that category as well because, like it or not, I'm calling you a friend at this point, John. I will throw you in there. We've had some interactions. You were with us in the very beginning, and so I'm pumped that you're with us as we grow. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that. Well, you know, again, I and I hope our listeners t- can take away, if any, you know, if nothing else, the seriousness with which your top seed team is preparing for this sort of event. Because again, there have been a lot of schlubs over, you know, a lot of swings and misses during this EXO season. If we want pro tennis to return, everything needs to be, you know, you know, up to the T. And it is quite clear your top seed staff doing everything possible to ensure that's the case. Now, I have one more question about the top seed open. Then I want to ask you just a couple of things about the Young Kings Scholarship event. I know it's far too early uh, to, again, be speculating on specific names, but we have talked about this. And given the lack of playing opportunities prior to the New York bubble, given the fact that there are events in Europe, but due to the travel restrictions, it's not going to be easy for North American, particularly people from the United States, to travel to those events. Without giving away any specific names, I'm very encouraged that there could be a really cool field at this event. What are the initial reactions you're feeling fr- about a potential field? Um, I'm excited. Uh, I <laughs> yes. think that we are going to get a fantastic player field of women who are excited to get back into tennis, who are ready to start prepping for Cincinnati and, and New York, even though both are in New York. I don't know exactly how to – maybe we'll call it Cincinnati, New York. I don't know. Yeah, the nomenclature is unclear. Yes, we'll find a fun fun way to, to say that. But I think that I think there's a great possibility for incredible North American talent, for incredible talent from around the globe to be here. Um, and I'm very, very, very excited to see it. Again, you don't you don't know. I don't know the player field. We can only speculate at this point, which I hate doing. So I, I'm excited <laughs> to see who it might actually be. Yeah, and I think all of us fans are. Now, one thing we don't have to speculate about, the fantastic field we saw this past weekend, again, for the Young Kings Scholarship Tennis event, eight of the top WTA singles players from around the globe. Uh, you know, I, I think I can do them all off the top of my head still. Shelby Rogers, Jessica Pagula, Cece Bellis, uh, Layla Fernandez, Katie McNally, Marlene Parteau, uh, who am I forgetting? I'm Jamie, Jamie Loeb, I'm forgetting one more. Um, anyways, I'm sure she will come up as I think more and more about it. The point being, we saw some exceptional tennis this past weekend, and I just want to run a couple of my takeaways from you. Uh, I'm just curious what you think. I guess uh, that sound good to you? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, was, it was one of the highlights that I've had um, here at Top Seed was running that tournament. So, yes, let's go. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. All right, let's start with the first one. Cece Bellis, Layla Fernandez. In your opinion, are you going to find two more natural strikers of the ball? Because I watched them, and all I could think was, oh, yeah, these two people are just meant to be professional tennis players. Oh, holy cow, man. I'm telling you what. Watching those two young women 
I think you're seeing the future of women's tennis in those two young athletes. I mean, seeing them in person, seeing the way that their ball striking is, seeing Layla's hands when she played doubles. I mean, the energy and passion that those two brought to the court, along with just the pure talent that they have. And what you guys don't get to see sometimes is the work ethic that they put in, right? So Layla's, what, 16? And yeah, I think 17. And she's out here just nonstop working her tail off. Cece's working her tail off with her trainers. I see her in the gym. I see her on the practice courts. They are striving every single day to get everything out of themselves and push themselves and become the best players that they can. And, again, I'm beyond excited for the future of women's tennis when I watch those two play. No, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just that their floors as tennis players. They have so many skills. It's like if they don't both get back within the top 100, there's so, you know the game has either exploded or something. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, and if it doesn't happen quickly. Yeah, no. I, I just think CC again, I, I'm ready for her to get back in the top 40. I think other than Sophia Kennan, you can ask me, Anisimova, Goff, McNally, any of the young Americans, I'm a huge fan of her. I, that's another young American, by the way, Katie McNally, 2-1 and one on the weekend. Her loss to Jess Pegula was without question a top 100-level match. I had a hot take that I dropped on a podcast. If Katie McNally wins less than one Olympic medal in her tennis career, I'll consider it a disappointment. Is that outlandish? I don't think that's an outlandish take. Well, having met you, you sometimes you make outlandish things. <laughs> um not that that's necessarily a bad thing, and not that you're making one in this case. I'm telling you, Katie is a talented young woman, and we saw her here in February um, at our ITF 100K that we had. And I'll tell you, just from watching her last weekend, she has improved her game. Quarantine has done her well. She has improved remarkably from where she was in February. And if she continues, her ceiling is – I don't even know where it is. And you talk about Jess. Um, Jess just continues to impress me every time I see her hit the ball, whether it be on a practice court or whether it be on a match court. She is intense. She is fiery. She is on the way up. I think that the, the WTA tour needs to be on the lookout because those two are incredibly talented. And it's something that, again, the future of American tennis, I saw a little bit of it this past weekend. And the world needs to be on notice. I mean, it's, it's coming and it's coming in a hurry and it's coming in a great way. I could not agree with you more. The reason I say for Katie McNally, she's already a top 50 doubles player. She served and volleyed this weekend, was the only player doing it during the EXO doubles. This, I just, whether it be mixed doubles, whether it be women's doubles, even in singles as well, I just, there's going to be an Olympic medal in the next 12 years. Like, I could, I'm just, I'm so certain of it. Your word's not mine, but I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that you would start giving everybody Wimbledon championships too if you could. Uh, Feels like at this point, that's as close as. Yeah, no, that's that's as close as people are gonna get. No, I think I think it was Big John just working me all weekend, Mister McNally. I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm a fan. Like you, you win. This I did see he was bending your ear a little bit. I didn't know <laughs> if you were trying to rep him or not, but she's got great representation right now. So don't try to jump in there. Yeah, no comment is all I have to say. Things are still on in, in progress. No, uh, but you talk about someone who quarantine has been good to. She was injured a lot during 2018. Worked back from it last year. I think the most impressive performer of the weekend, the person who simply played the best tennis, was Shelby Rogers. I think she looks so – I think top 100, top 50 for her next, you know, six months whenever the tour resumes. And, and let me let me piggyback off that with you, Alex. And you got a chance to talk with her. I got a chance to meet her and her, her family over the weekend. Not only was her game on point, but this was the first time I got to meet Shelby in person. And she is a model – um, human being. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just telling you just from 
I, I couldn't think of a better ambassador for women's tennis than Shelby Rogers. Um, that young lady is intelligent. She's smart. She's fiery. She has the passion for the game. She understands the game. She understands what it takes to be successful. She is fought back from injury. Her game looks amazing right now. And again, it was a pleasure and an honor to have her at our tournament. And I think that she is, she's going to do big things. Yeah, I, I agree. She epitomizes everything the game of tennis can be. Um, and so, yeah, I would love seeing her. And again, it's so encouraging to see her play well. I even thought Maureen. I even thought Jamie, you know, Jeannie as well. It's crazy. We haven't talked at all about Jeannie Bouchard. And maybe the highlight of my weekend was watching the Bouchard-Stubbs pairing in action because just the energy between the two of them was so exciting. But again, your takeaway from seeing these eight players at the exhibition, I thought, that, again, the level of tennis was outstanding. To be honest, I was surprised. Um, yeah. I, I expected some rust. I expected them to be working their way back into it, right? This was the first first match play for CC since Australia. Um, yeah. And it was, it was impressive to me the level that they are at. You can tell that they're putting the work in during quarantine. You can tell that each one of them has developed part of their game during their quarantine period. And like you said, everybody, Marine looked 10 times better than I saw her in February. Um, you saw Jeannie's game improve. I think Brene has helped her quite a bit on multiple multiple aspects, including her doubles game. Um, every single player, Jamie, was better than I had seen her before. They're working hard. You can see the work ethic that went in over quarantine. You can see it starting to pay dividends early, right? So we're talking – we're in July, right? The Open's coming up in six, eight weeks. And the, the level has not dropped off as severely as I thought it would during quarantine. Um, which is a testament to these young women, a testament to the work that they're putting in on the court and off the court. It was hot. It was really hot last yeah. weekend. I think I went through two or three shirts a day, and <laughs> you watch the young women that are out there, and they're, they're, they're making it. They're thriving. They're looking like it's they're used to it. They're in shape. They're ready to go. So, again, I was beyond impressed with them as a whole throughout the entire event. Yeah, no, I, I said it on the broadcast. Saturday was a four-stick of deodorant type of day. It was that hot out. Yeah, it was – yeah, it, it was brutal, and to see these players play that well through those conditions again, it was so encouraging. Well, you know, John, I know you are busy today. You've got millions of things to do. Again, uh, you know, the top seed open, that's going to be, I believe, August 10th to the 16th, correct? Yeah, qualities are going to be on the 9th. Uh, main draw will start on the 10th, and we will run through the 16th. It is Usual a 32-player field. Yeah. Uh, we're going to run a 24 quality and a 16 doubles. So 32-player field, 24 quality, 16 doubles. You got it. Awesome. Well, we all look forward to that. And, again, John, thank you so much for having our team down there this past weekend uh, to be a part of the event. It is always a pleasure for us to get to go down to top seed. And, you know, eventually when things calm down, we'll have you back on the podcast to just explore some of the broader topics throughout the tennis world as well. Hey, that's great, my friend. It's always good to talk to you. It was great to see you guys last weekend, and we appreciate everybody over at Cracked Rackets and all the support you guys have had for us over the years, and I, I'm excited to keep you with us as we go on this journey. Yeah, awesome. Well, again, John, good luck to you as you coordinate all of these things, and I know I speak for tennis fans everywhere. We look forward to seeing WTA back, action back in Kentucky. Yes, yes. Thank you again, my friend, and we will talk soon. Yeah, of course. Take care, John. All right. Bye now.
Hope all of you enjoyed my conversations with John and Haley of the Top Seed Tennis Club. And again, our Crack Rackets team owes them a huge thank you, a huge shout out for their support, for allowing us to come down and cover their events over the course of this 2020 year. And I know I speak for all of us tennis fans. We are so excited uh, to see a WTA international event come to the Top Seed Tennis Club. Very much deserved. And again, you can tell from John's tone, he is taking every precautionary measure, every health and safety regulation as seriously as possible because he understands what a privilege it is to bring professional tennis back to Kentucky, just back in general, given the environment right now across the world. And he is going to take that responsibility as seriously as he can. So a huge shout out to the Top Seed team. Of course, we wish them success, health as they plan this event. And hopefully our Crack Rackets team will be able to get down there as well to cover for all of the action. Uh, if you miss any of our coverage, by the way, of the Young Kings Scholarship event of the Altix Dieslinger Tennis Exhibition, go hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Interviews we did with 14 out of the 16 players going to be dropping throughout the course of the next couple of weeks. Now, I can't give you specific dates for what's going to drop when. I can tell you, though, you won't miss out on any of it if you go hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Of course, I implore you do that on the Cracked Interviews podcast as well, our mini break podcast covering the biggest storylines, controversies, results, day in, day out from throughout the tennis world. And there are quite a bit of them, folks, so to prevent yourself from getting behind again, go listen to those mini-break episodes day in, day out. Shout out, by the way, as always, to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, for the of an editing job they have to do. But particularly after we spend 10 days on the road at events, their job uh, becomes more and more difficult. So shout out to the two of them. Very easy to talk into the mic. Much more difficult to make it sound coherent. They do that each and every day for our team here at Crack Rackets. And so cannot tell you guys much uh, how much we value them. Cannot tell you enough how much we are excited for this weekend's ITA event we are hosting here in Indianapolis. It's going to be 128 draw for the men, 128 draw for the women as well. Uh, you know, certainly our first event went quite well, and everyone was so excited to be back out on the courts. Uh, we're looking forward to covering that event because, of course, college tennis and just providing uh, playing opportunities for all of these kids, something uh, we value nearly and dearly in our hearts here at Cracked Rackets. So really excited for that event. Be on the lookout for all of that this weekend. I can't believe it's already Thursday, by the way, which is when I'm recording this intro-outro. I guess time really does fly. We've been on the move so much here at Cracked Rackets. And so, of course, we appreciate all of your continued support of our work. Appreciate all of you Patreon subscribers who have taken the time to subscribe. Hopefully you enjoyed our first Patreon-only mailbag. I know I enjoyed that episode. If you haven't, you are a Patreon subscriber. Send in your questions now. We're going to be doing our second mailbag with a little bit of an addendum to it. You can see all of that in the Patreon messages we sent you. If that's something you're interested in, listeners, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com. Uh, the mailbags are very fun. They're uncensored. I can swear with them. You're not going to hear quacking sound effects. I know my mom and dad have already sent in five questions each because they think I'm going to answer them, even though there's no way I'm going to answer them candidly because I know when a question comes from them. Nevertheless, there are going to be moments for entertainment, so be on the lookout for all of that. Shout out, of course, as well to our friends at DraftKings. Go to dkng.co slash cracking rackets to get in on all of the action. Go to aerobar.com. Use that promo code. 
code cracked 15 to get the right sort of fuel you need to start your day the right way uh, but with all that being said for my wonderful guest again john saunders Haley wilson of the top seed tennis club our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff our friends at DraftKings and arrow bar and all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you know what we say folks hey great shot and we'll see you all next time thanks everyone Thank you.